Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today in the show. I'll have the pleasure to introduce a fantastic speaker and leader who has been traveling around the world, having amazing experiences in, she will tell us, amazing stories. We have today Pamela Thompson, who is a certified life and business coach, speaker and facilitator. She is passionate about supporting women to thrive in life and in business. She has a diverse background and experience in North America, Asia, Africa, Latin America, and Central and Eastern Europe. Pam has created two successful management consulting businesses since the early 90s, and she's author of the soon-to-be-launched book Learning to Dance with Life, a guide for high-achieving women. Hello, Pamela. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Oscar. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure talking with you. Could you start telling us a little bit more about yourself? I'm someone who loves being in nature. Mm -hmm. I love being in, on, and by water. <laughs> I'm, cu <laughs> I'm curious about people from different cultures and backgrounds, and I love the challenge of being and working with people in different environments, because that's where the richness comes, and that's where the learnings and the creativity and innovation comes. And I guess another thing is I'm passionate about as you mentioned, really teaching and supporting driven women to get off the treadmill and learn to dance with life. Mm -hmm. And lately, what have been your latest projects that you have? Well, the latest projects are what you mentioned off the front end, my book, which is launching on Amazon on August 26th. Mm. And I'm excited about that. Um, it, ha it's, it has seven keys to what I call creative living. And there's seven keys to cultivating improved health, happiness, fulfillment, and inner peace in your life. And they're supported not only by evidence from my own life journey and my work with clients around the world, but also with evidence from neuroscience, mm -hmm. the health-promoting and healing benefits of the arts, and Eastern psychology. So that's a big project that's been exciting for me that I've been working on for a bit. And the other project is a new program that I'm launching off the back end of my book, and it's called the Creative Living Facilitator Program. And through that program, I and others will train women around the world to teach the concept of creative living and the seven keys so that women around the world can learn the seven keys and integrate them into their lives. And the intention is for groups of women to form and continue over time, and identify at least one project that they either create to support women locally or identify a project they want to contribute to. So those are the two big projects, right? On the, on the front burner right now are my <laughs> book and my Creative Living Facilitator program. Well, all both sound really awesome. And Thank you. <laughs> could you now tell us Since when you are involved in, in public speaking, Abid, how has been your initial experience with that? Well, that's an interesting question because I've been speaking to audiences large and small since the early 80s. I was an academic. 
uh, from the early till the mid to late 80s. And so typically I had to speak to groups of students and sometimes in big lecture theaters and sometimes in smaller groups. And I also, as an academic, did research and participated in the conference circuit. So speaking to peers, speaking to other folks. That said, the big thing for me was about two years ago when I made the leap, if you will, Mm -hmm. from speaking from my head and content and sharing a lot of content and findings from research projects to really speaking from my heart. And it was it was a stretch. I, I I had to think about it. I knew I wanted to do it for a couple of years, but to actually do that, my first experience was I thought about it. I guess it was in May 2013. I thought, you know what? I really I'm ready to get to speak from my heart and to get paid from for speaking from my heart. And within a week, would you believe it, Oscar? I got a phone call from a woman saying, "There's a women's leadership conference at such and such a place." We'd love you to speak at it. And how much do you charge? No word of a lie. (laughs) So that was, I guess, the universe telling me, okay, it's time to step in. So since then, I really have been speaking from my heart. And I find that the most powerful and most satisfying and fulfilling way to speak. Mm -hmm. And you... You mean you you speak from just you have just a very small outline? No, that's all. You don't really uh, write your speech. Well, I I wouldn't say that. I do like some structure around mm-hmm. my speech, and I like having visuals. Mm. I like having a lot of visuals, and I like having a few words, and I like I think of the richest stories that I can use when I'm speaking because I, I still like to give people p- pieces of information. And call them to a- action, encourage them to take action. And so, yeah, yes. And what I found is using stories and a few words and giving people a few tools that they can take away and start using tomorrow are, are really important. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you have um, worked in, I think, all the continents. And I'm very curious to to know as you you talk a lot about leadership. What is, uh, how is the word leadership or leader perceived or understood by people across the globe? That, that's a really interesting question. And I certainly can't get into everybody's heads around the world. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd say over the last 10 to 15 years, it's changed. It used to be, say, in the Eastern Bloc countries, I had the opportunity to work in Russia and Lithuania just after the, wall, the Berlin Wall came down. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because you look at communist countries and, and also countries that have been very hierarchical, and their approach has always been the leaders at the top, and they always defer to the leader, and they listen to the leader, and they bow down to the leader. Well, I really believe that that has changed with social media and the global marketplace we have. I believe that leadership is really perceived by most people very similarly around the world now. And to me, being a leader is to have a clear vision, be, being able to articulate and share that vision and inspire others to follow it and be part of it. And I really think that it's, it's important that leaders show respect and treat, be, be good judges of tr- character, be aware of their own strengths and their weaknesses, and be able to and and to recruit folks to their organizations that complement them. So 
in a nutshell, you know, artic- having a vision, being able to articulate it, being able to inspire others, mm-hmm. and if you will, what uh, Simon Sinek calls the why, mm-hmm. knowing what their why is, having a big why, and then inspiring others to follow them, and showing them the ha- with the how and the processes to take it to the where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of a good leader is that they need to be clear on their own values, and live their life in alignment with them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely agree. And it's a great explanation what, what all the things that a leader has in order to be a successful leader and leader really influence other people. People will really follow. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good to know from, from you have, have you really traveled across the continents that the, the sense of leadership is, um, is universal. No? It's everybody. I would say so. Mm-hmm. Some people might disagree, but mm-hmm. I would say so. I, one of the things I find from having the opportunity to live and work in, in different countries is that we really are all the same. <laughs> we all want to feel like we belong. We all want to feel like we're listened to. We all, all want to be respected. And we, wanna, we all want to feel like we're part of something that's larger than them, ourselves. And we wanna, most of us want to make a difference in the world. So, you know, bottom line, if we come from a place that we're all the same, regardless of our skin color, our religion, and our culture, it, 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 uh, it makes you realize that the world is really small. It's big, and yet it's small at the same time. <laughs> yes, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Coming back to your, I really want to ask a lot about your experience in, in traveling. What are the biggest leadership Uh, challenges that you have faced. Uh, Could you tell us some? Yes. Um, The biggest one for me has been creating and maintaining work-life balance. And I'll I'll share a little bit about that and a story, if I may. I came from a family, or I come from a family where achievement was really highly valued. Mm -hmm. My dad encouraged us to set goals and go after them. For example, if I came home with a 90 on a math test, he'd say, why didn't you get 95? In a loving way. However, Mm -hmm. I was always taught to achieve and be very clear and focused. And I've been blessed to have a lot of energy. So throughout my life, I was able to burn the candle at both ends. I could work hard and play hard. And everything was great. And I felt very fulfilled until late 2012. Mm-hmm. And then everything started to change. I had been working two years before. Um, I started in mid-November, mid-October 2010 to mid-November 2011. I had the opportunity to live and work in Kabul, Afghanistan. Some people might say, that's an opportunity or crazy. Well, anyway, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I had the opportunity to work with the Ministry of Public Health Mm-hmm. to support them to develop their first strategic plan and to build the capacity of internal teams to do strategic and operational planning. And there were incredibly tight timelines on this project. And what happened is I met the timelines and it was a very enriching experience. However, in those kind of countries and cultures, there's, there's always more to do. So what happened is after about three months in the country, I came home for Christmas And I found out I had pneumonia. Then I went back and I got it again. 
Then I started to get recurrent bladder infections. All these things are signs that my immune system, my body was telling me to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I, yet I've kept up this incredible pace. And then when I came back to Canada, I thought, well, maybe I'll take a break. But very soon on the heels of coming back from Afghanistan, I got I was uh, contacted by the VP of a not-for-profit that promotes women's and children's rights around the world. And she asked if I'd be working, interested in working them with them for a year, possibly longer, as a senior health advisor on projects to reduce infant and maternal mortality in Asia and Africa in five countries. And I looked at their mission and their values, and I felt that they were very aligned with mine. And I said, okay, I'll put my hat in the ring. And before I knew it, I was in January flying off to Toronto to get briefed two days later, flying to Ghana for Project Startup. Two two weeks later, flying on to Mali to work in French, which I hadn't done for 15 years. And so on that treadmill, just doing it. Anyway, to to cut, cut to the chase here, at the end of this, at the end of the year, I was asked, if I would be interested to continue chairing a multi-stakeholder technical working group, which I had also been doing in addition to it ended up being a senior health advisor on seven projects. And so you can imagine seven different health systems, seven different cultures and countries, and chairing this multi-stakeholder knowledge management group. So anyway, they asked me to continue doing that for two days, a week for six months, and I was this close to signing, and then I asked to sleep on the decision, and I woke up the next morning, and I felt just like a lemon that had been squeezed dry, <laughs> and I just realized that, one, I needed to take a break, <clears throat> and two, that there was no way that I was going to be able to compartmentalize this work into two days a week. I know myself, and I knew that organization. It was going to expand to take over my life. So I got back in touch with the VP and the director I'd been working with and said, thank you very much for the opportunity, but I've made the decision to not take you up on it, to turn it down. And they said, pardon? What? You know us? And they said, why? And I said, because I I want to create more balance in my life in 2013. And Oscar, at that time, in that moment, I had no idea what that meant or what that was going to look like. But that opened up the space for me to, beginning in 2013, to really, I started to meditate every day, which I dipped my toe in before. I reconnected with yoga four to five times a week and also made a point to really spend time with friends and family because I'd been traveling so much the last, the previous two years. I just gave myself no structure just really, really spent, you know, about four months doing that, sleeping 12 to 13 hours a day, and yet I was still tired. And at the end of that, I went to a homeopath who gave me some homeopathic medications. And within a month, I started to feel more like myself. And that's when the creativity returned, my passion returned, and the idea for my book came. And so for me, I was given that life lesson I believe, to teach others that there is a different way. And that's why I'm very passionate now about create helping others create healthy, balanced lives that they design and love. 
It's their definition. It's not 50% work. It's 50% play. It's really drilling down into what inspires them, what they're passionate about, and creating lives rather than from the work out, more from the values and passions in, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the challenges. The main challenge would be this to have the work-life balance. Yes. And another one? Would you like to hear another? Yeah, sure. Okay. Staying calm amidst chaos. Mm -hmm. As a leader, uh, and we're, many of us work with ra in constantly changing environments, it's really important to stay calm and grounded so that you can be someone who, even if everybody else is running around or there's a lot of things hitting the fan, so to speak, that you can stay calm and grounded and aware of what needs to be done. And I've been put in situations that have really pushed the boundaries on that because I, I worked in, in unstable security situations in volatile mm -hmm. environments. And when I was in Afghanistan, I recall, Oscar, that at this point, we were doing a training workshop for senior managers across the health system in Afghanistan and also in government. And partway through, at this point, I had built the capacity of my team and they were doing, I was there as a resource person, but they were doing the workshop in local, local language. And partway through, everybody's cell phones started to go off. Mm -hmm. And then one woman stood up, one of the few women managers in the room stood up and said, And she started to wail. And she said, they're attacking the Ministry of Health. And I'm like, and, and you could tell that the whole room was really upset. And I stood there and I said, I took the, took the floor and I said, I understand that you're scared. I'm from Canada. This does not happen. In you know, this is not normal for us. Hmm. But listen. And no, you couldn't hear a pin drop. And... It turned out what was happening is the Ministry of Public Health indeed was being attacked by snipers and mortar mortars, and the ministry was on the other side of Kabul, and we were doing this workshop in a conference center quite a ways away from it. So mm -hmm. you couldn't hear any fire. You couldn't hear anything. So I said, listen, we're safe here. And if you would like to leave, if anyone would like to leave, feel free to do so. But we're going to continue the workshop No one left, and, and the room was totally fine. And at the end of it, the one woman at my, when we were debriefing, the one woman on my team, Muslim woman, said to me, Pam, I feel so good that I was able to hold the floor with you because I had said to her, she was up after this woman ranted. And I said, would you like, would you like for me, Zaleha, to take over and do your part? And she said, no, Pam, I can do it. And she did it. And she felt so good that in her culture, she was able to stand there in her power and be calm amidst the chaos. Wow, well, that's an uh, amazing story that you have definitely. In, sometimes it's hard to imagine in, in some, some of these situations you had, luckily you had the calm to, to talk of the others and, and manage the situation, but can be some situation really difficult to, to have the clarity. And how all these stories are on your on your book? No, actually, all the stories aren't in my book, <laughs> but there are certainly keys that link to them. Um, for example, one of the keys in my book is create right and left 
brain-body balance. So that certainly talks about work-life balance and that concept and provides some proven strategies and powerful practices to do that. And there's another piece about listening to and trusting in your body's wisdom. And I guess that's that's a third leadership challenge I'd, I'd like to share. And to me, a lot of us, we get wrapped up in something and we continue doing it and doing it. And sometimes we really don't listen and go inside and say, you know, this isn't really juicing us anymore. Because it takes a risk to step away from something that you're good at and something that you're noted for. But for me, it is, I, I've, I, don't know why, but throughout my life, maybe it's my dad, I've been encouraged to take risks. And when I reflect, whenever I've been doing someplace, something that no longer juices me, mm-hmm. I basically say, okay. Like, for example, I was doing consulting nationally and a bit into, into you know, in North America, basically Canada and the U.S., and I was called to do international work. And I held off for a number of reasons for a while. And then I said, you know what? I want to work internationally. And then I put it out there and then I connect with people. And then within a very short space, I'm another opportunity presents itself and I'm able to leave. So, yes. Yeah, so, so that, that is certainly a key in my book too, is listen to and trust in your body's wisdom. And uh, it is a challenge at times, but um, I know that it's the best way because when I make decisions totally from my left brain and my rational side, they're not always the best ones for me, <laughs> but the ones that I've made when I go inside and I get a strong yes, they've always been the right ones for me. Right, and it's always the there is always the other people who will who will tell you um, what could be the best for you. Uh, you have this also to to challenge yourself. Exactly, Oscar. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly right. From your experience, thinking of the young and emerging leaders, what gems of wisdom would you pass on to them? Okay, one big one that flows easily from what I just said is follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Again, as you mentioned, a lot of us are really influenced by people around us. We can be influenced because we're in a family and everybody's all the all the all the males have been doctors. Well, you're going to be a doctor, (laughs) right? You're good at biology, you're good at math, whatever, you're going to be a doctor. Or, you know, you're in school and you're good at math. And so someone said, the guidance counselor says, be an accountant or teach mathematics. And you go do it and you're not really excited about it. (laughs) And so for me, it's like learning how to listen to your body's wisdom and follow your heart because it will never lead you astray. So, you know, that's a key is follow your heart. And to support you in doing that is get clear on your values. A lot of us talk about values, and these are the beliefs and principles that underpin a lot of what we do. And we learn them from key people in our lives, our parents, our, you know, people who have influenced us, teachers and such like. And they really guide our behaviors. And it's very important for us to get clear on them and live our life aligned with them. Because if we don't, um, they come back to bite us, so to speak. So, so for me, what I share in my book is that it's really, 
If you get clear on your personal values, it helps you not only better understand yourself and your reactions to others, it, it, it basically assists you with your life choices. So let, let me give you an example. If you believe in collaboration and you meet someone who's really competitive and you sense that and you go away from them and you don't, you're not really sure about why, you know, you feel this anxiety inside you or you feel like something about, do you, do you know what I'm saying, Oscar? You get this feeling about that person, but you can't put your finger on why you're reacting. <laughs> if you're really aware of your core values, you can say, wow, yeah, that person's really competitive and that's okay for them, but that's why I'm, it's pushing up, I'm pushing up against that value because I really believe in collaboration, you know? And likewise with organizations. Um, if you organizations have values like they say on you know their values that they have their core values are family and yet when you do your due diligence you find that they expect people to work 70 plus hours a week well there's no way that you can spend time with your family if they expect you to work 70 plus hours a week so <laughs> they're not walking their talk do you know what i'm saying <laughs> or if they say i love this one um we value teamwork and yet they reward individuals rather than mm. teams in the organization. So they don't walk their talk. So get clear <laughs> on your values, live your life aligned with them, and let them support you in making the choices in terms of people to work with if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for partners. And also if you're 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 um, young person and you're looking for an organization, the job description can be pers- can be wonderful. But if you get in an environment that you're working with people and the organization is not in aligned with your mm. values, you're not you're going to feel pressure and you're not going to enjoy it yeah you're not, and the, mm-hmm. you're yeah. not going to be in the in the environment that will feel uh, allow you to to fulfill even if you are fully qualified for that mm-hmm. totally and what about um, your piece of advice to young emerging leaders in respect to speaking and communication skills in terms of speaking and communication skills well You know, a lot of people will say, suggest things like go to Toastmasters. Obviously, the more experience you get, the better it is. Seeking out opportunities within your workplace uh, to speak to others. It's, it's good to study presentation skills, certainly, and know how to present your ideas in, you know, a succinct way. And I believe that less is better. Uh, mm-hmm. It's better to have less on your plate than more. And the, I guess I would say that ultimately it's as much as you can speak from your heart and share stories because stories are, regardless of where you work, what country, what culture, everyone connects with stories. So really sprinkle stories throughout everything that you do to illustrate and really try to connect with the folks that you're speaking with. So try to you know, get out of your head. Obviously, we have to be in our heads to have some structure <laughs> to, to our talks. And I believe in structure, a bit of structure. However, don't feel that you have to write down every word. Mm-hmm. I find it more helpful to write down keywords and phrases 
And initially, sometimes some people work from, you know, little recipe cards, for example. Mm -hmm. Other people work from PowerPoints with just keywords. Mm -hmm. And other people like to have a lectern, if you will, where they have just a few notes on it. But I find it's better to have few rather than less or less rather than more. Because if you have a whole lot of words down on something, you tend to look at the words and read them, which is Mm -hmm. not how you want to speak. You want to speak from your heart. And in order to do that, you just need some a few few words to guide you and then you speak your piece and practice if you're going to give a presentation if you're going to give a speech practice 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 that said don't memorize it all but still practice so you feel really clear on the content and really confident mm-hmm. so let's see some more is i think it's from your what you're saying your main piece of advice in and also the clarity, you know, the clarity of values will make it easier to have a clear message, and that's what you are going to tell in your stories. Pamela, yeah. <laughs> could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Yes, I will do that. It's anonymous. You cannot discover new oceans if you cannot leave the safety of the shores. You mm-hmm. cannot discover new oceans if you cannot leave the safety of the shores. Anonymous quotation. And what's uh, your, what are your main uh, feelings when you hear this quotation? Well, for me, it puts me in touch with times in my life where I've needed to take the leap. And it's like sometimes I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff and you just <laughs> have to trust that, you know, it's it's like if you really want to move forward in your life, you can't always have your 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 you're, you have you have to take the leap. You know, there's um, Gay Hendricks has this book called The Big Leap, and you need to do that. Or the other thing is, I liken it to standing on two Swiss balls. You know what I mean? Two like exercise balls, mm-hmm. and it's like you feel like oh, you're off balance because oh. you're like you're, but you just have to you have to get off one and stand on fully in the other to really to really do the work that you're called to do. And so yeah, when I when I hear that, think of this quotation, and to me, it, it says a lot. It's like you have to trust that everything's going to fall in, into place when you make that decision to go for something new. Mm-hmm. Take the leap. Yes. <laughs> now, could you recommend us one book in special that has inspired you and you think is a good read, beneficial for us? Yes. Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action, I like that book. I, uh, as you can tell, I'm all about passion and purpose. And he talks about leaders who inspire mm-hmm. and how people like Martin Luther King, he had a dream, right? And he talks about the importance of inspirational leaders and they have the why and they're able to share that why and inspire others. And then he also talks about the importance of having folks who are the how, like senior folks in your mm-hmm. organization who can then translate that vision into reality. And I think I think that's very powerful. Yes, I have um, have listened to that book, the audiobook version, just recently. And indeed, that has become also one of my favorite books. And yeah, I remember many of the things that you said, for instance, the, yeah, the, they start with why, how, that's how the leaders start. And yeah, they have, they always have someone besides the, the guys who do, who do the how. 
Pamela, finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do us daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Oscar, what I find is a powerful exercise to do, and I do it every day, but I also do it before I speak to groups, before an important meeting, before facilitating a workshop. It's a grounding exercise. Mm -hmm. And if I'm in a public place, I sometimes go to the washroom to a, a cubicle. I find, or I go in, out in nature for a brief moment if I can, and I close my eyes and I imagine, it's a grounding exercise, I imagine that I have roots growing deep, deep down out of the bottom of my feet and going deep, deep down into the earth. And I imagine that wonderful earth energy coming up through those roots, up through my legs, up through, through my belly and coming to rest in my heart. And so feeling really supported by the earth. And then I imagine that I have branches growing out of the top of my shoulders and my head, going, growing way up to the sky and tapping into whatever you want to call it, beautiful source energy, whatever you want to call it. And that loving light and energy coming in through the top of my head, going through my neck and coming to rest in my heart. So I imagine being supported by the sky and the earth I just feel that support and feel totally grounded and supported. And when I do that, then I come out of that and I feel then that I'm in a position where I'm really, really grounded. And before I did this, I, I used to, when I, in my management consulting, I used to do a lot of facilitating and cons multi-stakeholder consensus building. And I, because I had a lot of energy, I used to spin out based on people in the group. And when I learned to ground myself, I was much more powerful as a facilitator because it didn't matter what happened. Likewise, in those volatile situations, I'm always grounded and I always feel supported. So that's an exercise I'd recommend to folks. Hmm, sounds amazing. I, I like it. How, Thank how, you. <laughs> how, how long would it take? How many minutes is the whole Oh, like, it, you, could, you do it very quickly. Mm. You do it very quickly, a couple of minutes max. A couple of minutes, yeah, yeah. So you have to start imagining first the, you become a tree, you have the, 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 the roots, and then everything go up then. So. Yes, and I mean, even less than that. I mean, once you do it, once you get in the <laughs> habit of doing it, you can do it really quickly. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Pamela, for the interview. It has been really amazing, all your stories and experience worldwide and your piece of advice about leadership. Could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you or follow you? What are the best ways for that? Thanks, Oscar. Um, well, my website is www.creativelivingcommunity.com. Just like it sounds, all lowercase. People can follow me on Twitter at, at Women's Coach Pam and capital on the W, capital on the coach, and capital on the Pam. And I have a business Facebook page uh, that has information about my book and key gems of wisdom, if you will. And it's, again, Creative Living Community, but it's capital C for the creative, capital L for the living, and capital C for the community. And those are the, the main ones that, I, that I'm on. So if people want to get in touch with me, that, you know, and, and my email address is pam at creativelivingcommunity.com. And I encourage anyone, if you're interested in learning more, to connect with me. I always enjoy meeting and connecting with folks from around the world. Thank you very much, Pamela. It was an amazing interview with you. And I wish you all the best. 
Thank you so much, Oscar. I really appreciated the opportunity to to be on your show. And I, I really support you in the great work that you're doing. Oh, thanks a lot. Same, same to you. Um, it was a pleasure, Pamela. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.